when he went on holidays uh, for a weekend, it was the first time he'd wore a pair of shoes in a long time. And <laughs> that, that can, can it, it, it is true. It's true. It is true. This I is... went on holidays with him. In the world of conspiracies, the supernatural, and the downright spooky, there are only two men who you can trust. Dennis Lynn and Roger O'Sullivan. Or as they prefer to be called, the unexplained legends. In the summer of 1917, a vision of the Virgin Mary appeared to three children in Portugal. Hallucination, surely. Or was it? This week on Unexplained Legends, the secrets of Fatima. Welcome, listeners, to this week's episode of The Unexplained Legends. I'm Roger O'Sullivan, and with me, as always, is... Dennis Oblong-Len. And together we are The Unexplained Legends. Dennis, I let you introduce yourself this time, because I yeah. forgot that the last few ones. I've been cut out now for the last two, but that's because we were ropey. We were ropey as sin the last couple of episodes. We were all over the place. I wouldn't say so. I would say maybe maybe half of, half of us were ropey. No, I wasn't ropey. I was at least mine was fueled by alcohol, wasn't just mental problems. <laughs> well, listen, right? You said you'd leave my mental problems out of this. <laughs> I never agreed to that. No, what um, I was trying to say, what I was trying to say is the last couple of episodes, like I just want to come clean to the listeners, is we did um basically you can get people in to clean your house and stuff, and you can do that. This is like the version of people that were coming in to just do rudimentary jobs for us, like makes us cups of tea, um, do the podcast, impersonate us on the podcast and stuff. Well, we went on holidays to Lanzarote for two weeks. And I think we pulled it off. Yeah, the last two episodes were entirely chat GPT. You, you, Dennis, right? I don't know if we, we haven't done anything with these recordings yet, but you have um, you have the old Northern Lights behind you. I do. I do have the Northern Lights behind me. You're going for the beach scene. That yeah. that's really suits you, the beach scene. But do you, you have, so? Yeah. You have, and this is all on video in case other people are like, why are they at the beach? Um, but... You have a green T-shirt on as well, which means that half of you disappears every now and then. It's pretty unnerving. I think it adds to the mystery. Oh, I, this is very bad. I should probably leave this out of the podcast, but I'll just you can you can you can decide. Okay. Did you read the story about the lad who got um, struck by lightning? No. It, it, it was like a long read. Uh, a guy got struck by lightning. He was standing out, right, cowboy fella. He was standing out in the middle of his land, and the lightning is way far away. Like he's just looking out, kind of looking at the storm. He's there with his wife and his baby. And he gets struck by lightning out of nowhere. And he says, oh, okay, I'm okay. And they both start laughing. The lightning strike pulled pipes out of the ground, right? So they start laughing. She says, I'm just going to town. I must pick up a few things for the kid, right? Mm-hmm. This is really bad. He, it took him like 20 years to recover. Come, comes back into the kitchen. Your man's sitting down in the kitchen. All his face is black. <laughs> he turned black while she was gone to the shops like. Like what? He, he basically burned like while while he, while she was gone to the shops, and they were laughing when he got struck by lightning because they were basically it was such a, a crazy event, and it he lost his memory, he lost his um, like couldn't read or write, had to learn everything all over again. How how did that? How did he survive? I don't know. I don't know how he survived. It's a pretty cool story if you check it out. Just I mean, it can't be too hard. I'm giving you all the keywords. Track it down. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what a man! Imagine Would you that. say? Would you say, Dennis, that that's almost a miracle that I would, he survived? I would say it's close on a miracle. Was there alien involvement? Was it an alien test? I don't know. Well, Dennis, right, I'm glad you brought up miracles. <laughs> did I right? bring them up? <laughs> yeah, you did, right? Okay. I'm glad you brought up miracles because today we're going to be doing something a little uh, miraculous. So, Dennis, right, this one, I know I say this a lot, of them being very special episodes. But this episode is, I think it it hits on something that I think might explain a lot for you. And I'd be interested to see your your take on this. But you were were raised religious, were you? (laughs) Yes, I was, yeah. You're not going to, you haven't gone into the old somethingology, have you? This isn't one of these things. Is this is the whole podcast been to convert me into this religious group? No, no, no. Okay. Even though we don't know what will happen at the end of the episode. But Dennis, I decided when I was a kid, there were two things that used to scare the living shit out of me, right? Can I tell you what they were? 
Oh, oh, fine. Okay. No, I'm just trying to guess them in a Okay, way. yeah, yeah. Guess them. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Divorce. Okay, three things. Oh, really? It's oh, okay. I, I don't divorce know. isn't on this level. Divorce. Divorce is my biggest like. Okay. What, what would you say? Arm, my biggest Armageddon. realistic fear. The, yeah, the religious, the religious Armageddon. Yeah. Like the religious um, reckoning. Yeah. I do find those. What are they called? You know, the horns. I find them very, very scary. Yeah, the the idea of I feel like we have to explain this that the, the horns of certain churches will will blow when the apocalypse is near. Is that what you're on about? Yeah, these big old trumpets will go off everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Which, to be it's honest, okay, would be frightening. Oh, it would be absolutely terrifying. All right, so come the, on. What's the other? That one? was one of them. The other one was aliens, right? Um, now you guessed them in reverse order, so it was um, you ruined like the dramatic tension yeah. of it. But mm-hmm. this this week, Dennis, we're doing. A religious mystery. And yeah. when I was a kid, I don't know about you, but I used to find religious mysteries easily as, as like, they, to me, they were in the same, exact same world as, like, somebody spotted a UFO, and it's like, oh, no, like, that's terrifying. But also, oh, somebody saw, like, somebody was visited by Mary. So can I just say, right, I, I, if this turns out to be the thing that I think it's going to be, I was discussing this only a couple of days ago with someone. Are you serious? All right, but I'll, I'll whittle it down. Was it, is it Irish related? No. Okay, good. Then it's not what it is. So it's just okay, fine. Okay, okay. But um, it's similar, I would guess. Do you okay. want to take a guess at what it is, Dennis? Is it, I was going to guess something along the lines of moving statues. You're not, you're not a million miles away. Okay. Stigmata. No. That's a good one, too. Some people think Padre Pio is an alien. Really? Yep. I must check into that. Do you know my favorite thing about Padre Pio? And my dad would always say, my dad's incredibly religious. Super, super religious. They, what he used to always say about Padre Pio, who famously, for non-religious people listening to this podcast, he had the miracle of stigmata, which means that he had on his hands, he had the and his feet, the wounds of Christ. And adding to like that's a miracle in its own right supposedly pretty pretty bomb miracle to have mm-hmm. my my dad would say and the most amazing thing about it was when he died they checked his hands and he healed oh that was handy wasn't it yeah yeah that, that how, how amazing was that jesus, thought, jesus visits him when he's dying he goes and now he'll heal your hands and patrick yeah. like gee no do not do not heal my hands and now to take away the evidence this this week dennis i thought we'd do a very special one indeed i thought we would do the secrets of fatima okay all right here we go fatima f- yeah, scares the crap out of me does it yes that's exactly what I wanted because it used to scare the shit out of me as a kid as well. I don't know what it is, right? But there's something about Fatima in Ireland that has an association of being haunted, which I hope that we're going to find out more about. But I remember yeah. my mother would refuse to go to Fatima. She'd go to like other places, Lourdes, like oh, that's, that's top of the bill, but like wouldn't go near Fatima. Always, always imagined that it was haunted. I also would, I thought of an unbelievable idea that has never been done and unfortunately now probably can't be done. Unfortunately, it's a strong word. But imagine a religious sticker book uh, in the same kind of vein as football. Like you're trying to collect the whole team. Yeah, like Padre Pio would obviously be a really hard card to get and it'd be silvery. It wouldn't surprise me if that something like that exists. It, w- it would not. I, maybe it does in the Vatican somewhere. Like you collect like all the tops. popes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like tops had done it. Yeah. I'd you know, say... uh, Fatima landscapes and stuff. Oh, here you go. Here you go. Catholic top trumps. All right. The... So Fatima, um, that's my basic understanding of it. And just really confuse things. I've always, whenever I imagine Fatima, I imagine it being ghostly. I would say, right, Fatima, Like I agree with you, terrifying. I think a funny little thing to add to it. One, actually, as I was, as I was writing this, I was get, scaring myself shitless. I was fucking terrified. I, I don't want to spoil too much, but I was terrified last night that I was going to be visited by the Virgin Mary. Right? Absolutely. That's one of my biggest fears. Would she be a virgin when she left, though? Ooh. Uh, I listen, right? I'm not having any of that. <laughs> the, I'm not having any of that, right? None of that today because she is Jesus' mother. That's true. So leave that, leave that out. Leave that out. I, um, I was absolutely terrified. And I think what adds to this is... I don't know about you. Do you know where Fatima is? No, I don't actually have a clue. Can yeah, I guess? So, go on. Bulgaria. No. 
way off. Way off. I can even tell by how you're terrified of Fatima that you like put it in like kind of <laughs> former Soviet bloc type country. It's in the same place where like X Men cartoon lives. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like um, it's like a a fake place, is what yeah. you you think. Yeah, it's, it's like in in Liechtenstein or something like that. But no, F- Fatima is actually in like a beautiful area of Portugal. So really. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't really add up with the type of terrifying fear that we both would have had. We're going but to get think, a letter from Liechtenstein government again, thanks to your comments. I think, Dennis, right? If you're if you're prepared, if you feel uh, suitably ordained and uh, ready to treat this with the reverence that we should, I think we might crack on with the lamestream narrative. On the 13th of May, 1917, three young shepherds were walking home through Cova de Ira, Fatima, Portugal. Lucia Santos, along with her cousins Jacinta and Francesco Marto, had been out tending to their flock all day and were anxious to get home. That was until suddenly, out of nowhere, they were met by the vision of none other than the Blessed Virgin Mary. Can I say, Raj, this sounds very familiar. What do you mean? I don't know. This is like, maybe I've heard about this or something before. You know, it's like unlocking some sort of Catholic memory that I had before of maybe hearing about this story or something. Did these people become quite famous at the time? Oh, yeah. I'd like. i be I'd be flabbergasted if you hadn't heard of the miracle of, Flat- of Fatima. <laughs> um. You know what I <laughs> Flatima is a completely Flatima. different place. Yeah, yeah. The uh, like you must have heard of this growing up, did you? The, I think I did. The, is there th- is there three main people that sprout yeah. out of this? And sprout out is such a dismissive way to talk about this. And not to get into it like but too much, but just to kind of tease it a little bit. Do they basically yeah. become like walkie talkies for Mary and planet Earth? Um like that's a very crude way of putting it. Yeah, well, you're very, being very respectful to religion today. You know me, right? I'm agnostic. Mm-hmm. But when I <laughs> when I was researching this, I found myself thinking, maybe I do believe in in just the Blessed Virgin Mary. Yeah, was she? Would you say she was like she probably didn't do too much wrong, too much out of the way, I guess. Well, it would be yeah. I think she she pretty much did um, she did the best she could. Could you imagine? You know, being, she, could you imagine being Mary, right, bringing Jesus into the world, and then you see you see your son, and he's he's going around being the big man and just kind of overshadowing you a little bit. You know, I'd say you know what Jesus was lucky he got nailed to the cross at such a young age because he was going to run out of ideas. He, he, creatively, I don't think he had anything left. Do you do you think so? Do you think he he'd like finished it? So his headline, his headline was the whole body of Christ thing. Mm. Oh no, sure, headline was coming back from the dead. That was his closer. But didn't Lazarus do it as well? Yeah, he robbed but, that bit off Lazarus. That's what the rumor is. But no, but didn't he bring Lazarus back? Yeah, but oh, that's kind of what they say now. Like it's kind of that Robin Williams thing. You know, Robin Williams going around stealing all the jokes. Suddenly becomes robbing Williams. Williams more like. Yeah, no, no. He, he, here's here's what I think happened. Is Jesus wanted to try out the Lazarus thing to see, like, if there would be any side effects? Yeah. And then when Lazarus was was fine, he goes, "Okay, I'm good. I'm good to give it a go myself." I have now to that's, say, that's not in the Bible, right? But I have to say, if if Jesus was responsible for all of it, I'd be pretty pissed off at how synonymous Lazarus is with coming back from the dead. Yeah, no, but no one ever said they 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 always do say they always do say. Jeez, he, he, it's like Lazarus, but they never say it was like Jesus. It's it's honestly like one of his forgotten movies, you know, like a pretty good one that he did, but just kind of forgotten now. What other things did Jesus do? He, so he did Lazarus, we know that. Uh, he did the fish and the wine thing. So he just The lepers. Made, he just made a wedding better, like, that's one of the things he did. Do you know what I think's mental, and I've always thought this is mental, is that Jesus did all that stuff, you know, the fish, the wedding, um, Lazarus, obviously. But then right up there is him just telling a story about a Samaritan. Yeah. That must be some story. Like, 
I think with Jesus, though, it's just silly because, you know, we act like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Look what he did. But like, that's like saying, oh, look at Superman. He can lift up a car. Of course he can. He's Superman. No, I have to say now, you'd have to give it to him. Like, you'd be fairly churlish. I, for, I, do you know what I'm getting off you? Big Judas vibes. <laughs> Big, no, Big look, Judas vibes. I want to give, I want to give Jesus an old kiss when I see him. There's nothing wrong with that. What, no. do, what do the kids say now? It's giving Judas. What, what, what I'm saying is, is that like he did these things that he's famous for, right? Coming back from the dead, I'll give him that one. That's pretty impressive. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But like he also just did one where he went to a wedding or whatever, and mm-hmm. they just had water, and he said, "Oh, this is a bum deal here." Like, and he turned it into wine. Yeah. Which, come on, you Jesus! Like, you can do more than that. Joe, Joe, one of my favorite things about that story, it, it, there's a line in it where somebody says, like commenting on the quality of the wine that Jesus has turned the water into, saying, usually you save the worst wine for last because people are a bit drunker. Yeah. And that, that's, that's in one of the Gospels. And they got, and, and was that guy, was that like Mark, was he like a critic or? He, yeah, he was a, he was a, he's a rare, uh, I think his name is Jean-Pierre. Oh. Very rare for Frenchman in the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and Jean-Pierre, the food critic. Yeah, and Jean-Pierre. Uh, so, so Dennis, right, the, the, the young shepherds, they were taken aback by the apparition and were not without some trepidation. But they were eased by the presence of Mary and she told them to be not afraid. This was the first of the visitations of what would become known as our lady of fatima right that that's that's what people call mary sometimes so 1917 yeah see i thought that they were kind of on television and stuff so i think i'm mixing them up no, with, no, with, with a they, new kind of a new kids on the block maybe around the 70s kind of a mary revival around then sometime they were celebrities i think it's fair to say of the time mm. but having said that um despite the fact they were celebrities at the time it was very early on. Also, for working as shepherds, these people were insanely young. They were like 10. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't realize they were that young. I was kind of imagining them more as kind of, you know, teenagers or something at least. No, no. What's very... a 10-year-old going to do if a lot of sheep turning them like? Well, I don't know. You know, you know I used to work with sheep. Yeah, you did. Counselor. <laughs> yeah, sheep counselor. They tell me your problems. You're feeling hemmed in, are you? You're feeling like like all of your moves are controlled. Like like you're just going along with with all with with what everyone wants from you. Following the herd. Well, you know what? Fuck off. That's what you're meant to be doing. The oh uh, yeah, I think if sheep turned on one of these lads, uh, I think I told you this before that some sheep have huge balls. No, you um, actually have never brought that up. Would have probably. Have I never said it. that to you? No. No, some sheep have massive balls, like rams have just big, big dangling balls. And even a good swing from one of them could knock you out. Yeah, it'd be like, a, what is it, like a morning star or something? Like yeah, like yeah. A medieval weapon hitting off the side of a kid. But anyway, Dennis, over the next few months, the Virgin Mary would appear to the children six more times and reveal various things to the young sheep herders. Most consistent among these was being the need to pray for world peace, specifically by reciting the rosary. Did you, uh, were you big on the old rosary? Uh, no, I'll be honest, I was, a, I was a bit of a pretender of saying prayers. Don't know if you were one of those as well. I, I didn't think, really know the words to a lot of the prayers that people were saying. Oh, like you were just very... Well, do you know the format of a rosary? I don't like. Oh, do you not? No? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not messing. Like the uh, oh, you are. You've never done. You've never done a rosary. Never, yeah, I know. I did a rosary. A rosary. I, I did a rosary when I was on holidays. So, so a rosary starts with, if I'm remembering correctly, because I haven't done one in years now. I believe it starts with "Glory be to God," and then you say "In Our Father." Okay, I think that's correct. And then you do ten Hail Marys. So the rosary, the rosary is very linked with Mary. Right, you do ten Hail Marys, and then you do one "Glory be to God" again. And then you do another 10 Hail Marys. And I think you've had a rosary bead, haven't you? Uh, I've had a rosary bead, but to be honest, I was holding it, not realizing what it was for a long, long time. So each one of those little baubles on it, 
they represent a different prayer you're supposed to say at a different time. And you're meant to go along it as you're saying it to yourself so that you can keep track of where you are. And when you do one lap at a rosary bead, does that mean like you've 10 Hail Marys that glory be to God and our Father said? You, that's one, de- that's called a decade of the ro- rosary, mm. a decade. And then you want to do five of them. And then what you do is you, after you've timed yourself, you go to beat your record. I don't know if you ever played that game, um, Rosary Racer on PlayStation 1. <laughs> Oh, a classic. Yeah, well, an absolute you, classic. You could um you could actually get a ghost car or a ghost rosary bead that would go in front of you and you try to be going. Times. Yeah, yeah. Do you know do you know who was always one of the best racers though, most balanced was Punches Pilot. Yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. He was great. And he had that thing as well where he could um he, he could let one of the other racers out of the pits. What was the what was the lad that was up in the tree? What was his name? Oh, oh, that's a good that's a good one. Um uh, Zebediah. Zebediah, that's yeah. it. And Barabbas. I always pictured Zebediah being short. Is he meant to be short? I don't know, really. And Barabbas, I, I imagine, is massive. But anyway, um, so we got these kids. They're shepherds. There's a PlayStation yeah. 1 game out about them, and they do rosaries. Uh, that's yeah. 50 rosaries. I would say no, right? If I was a priest, right? And mm-hmm. I just, you know, I'd probably be fairly fucking bored, to be quite honest about it. The games I would play with people in confession would be outrageous. I wouldn't be get because when you go into confession, if you've never done this before, you go in, you admit your sins to some lad who's behind the fence, and he tells you it's then, not Wilson, Dennis. You're you're describing it's not Wilson from Home Improvement. <laughs> it or pretty much the, is. Or Tim, what's that song? No, that is Home Improvement, isn't Ooh, it? The, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically, Wilson, um, Tim Allen's friend, is inside, and you just say your stuff to him, and then he gives you a penance. So you're meant to say a number of prayers, and then you go away. But I'd be like, I'd be like. 50 Our Fathers. Do you want to just say it as if it's you know 50 Our Fathers? And they're like, Ridiculous. They're like, sorry, like, what did you say? I'm sorry, did I stutter? 50 Our Fathers. 50 Our Fathers. Start saying them. You all. heard me. You'll be saying them online. You, you better not have impure thoughts again. Do you know what, though? There is something like, I, I you know me, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you've gone very blurry for some reason. This, but you, you know, <laughs> you're, you've gone Bigfoot. But um, you know me that uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not a big, uh, a Catholic person nowadays, mm. but I think in a way there is something. What would you call it? Something very reassuring of being able to just be given a specific action to perform, and then that forgives you for your own. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, it's but a good I, system. That's I think, what I'm saying. I think like religion in a way, like you know, if there wasn't all the horrific stuff associated with it, which there is, so therefore I don't love it. Um, <laughs> Is uh, is that still does that still count? Does it all right? Okay. Yeah. Is I think it just gives you a great like plan for the week. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fantastic structure. Like you know, you just go down Sunday, hop into mass every couple of weeks. You go in and admit all the terrible things you've done. Say a couple of words over and over again. Job done. One of the most infamous scenes. If the whole visitations, right, happened on the 13th of October, 1917, when the children had predicted that the Virgin Mary would produce a miracle for people to see. She's basically like handing out flyers for she's an event. Saying, she's saying, come back, come back on the 13th. That's, <laughs> what, that's what she's saying. Tell them fair and wise. Uh, and like, did people have to get tickets or whatever? Or was it just like first come, first serve? It was, um, there were pit passes. Okay. Right, but but generally you could see it was you. Everyone got in, but mm. it was uh, not everyone made the pit. You know, and where was it on? Like the O2 or it was Fatima, Fatima in a field, Center of Fatima. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Now get this, Dennis. Believers, I actually didn't know this part of it. Right, I nearly, I nearly missed all this part because I'm just focused on. I'm going to sneeze. Hang on. No, I'm not. I am. No, I'm not. Right. Anyway, the um, the I came the uh, the the <laughs> so sneeze. So right. Um, I didn't know this bit because I knew about like the secrets of Fatima that we'll talk about in a second. But there's there's something else, right? Which the the believers and skeptics alike, Dennis, came on the thirteenth of October, in the hopes of viewing this miracle, and to their mutual shock. They saw what would become known as the miracle of the sun. When, I get this, the sun supposedly danced 
rotated, changed color, and zigzagged to an estimated 70,000 witnesses. 70,000 people saw 70, that. 70,000 people saw that. No. The first ever RGB gaming PC in the sky. I'm no spaceologist. Okay. Right? Yeah. But I would imagine. As you if, often say. If the sun did that kind of rapid movement, I would imagine that a good portion of our solar system would be irreversibly destroyed. I, I'm it, glad you said that, Dennis, right? Because mm-hmm. I agree with that, which is why, what makes this a miracle. The fact <laughs> that does. that didn't happen. It makes it actually an intergalactic, almost well, <laughs> a galactic miracle. Um, like I mean, there's probably people on, like outside of our solar system, could probably see that happening. Or like they they just happen to have zoomed in and gone, what the, what the hell's going on over here? <laughs> I mean, have you seen this? They're calling over all their alien friends. Have you, have you seen this? What uh, are they at? Um. So yeah, do you? I mean, what's what's your thoughts on that when you read that? Because we're we're going into kind of, I mean, uncharted territory for the podcast here, where you've suddenly become religious for some reason, <laughs> and um, you, you're also saying no that the sun is jumping all over the place in the sky to seventy thousand people. But how does that match up with like the physics of the universe and stuff? Like, where do aliens fit in with this miracle? Uh, that might come up in the theories. It might, but you're not it, entirely sure. <laughs> It might come up in the theories. I suppose but, if we give if we give you twenty minutes, head start. You <laughs> might get one at the end. But the the thing I really think of this that I think is fascinating because, like I told you, this would have been like I would have often heard my dad talk about the the Our Lady of Fatima and stuff like that. What he's never talked about is this: is the I, miracle I've, of Fatima, the miracle of the sun. I've never heard about the dancing sun. No, and. <sighs> Like Raj, right? I don't want to be too harsh because we're not that far into the episode. But this sounds like a load of shit. Like, like seventy thousand. But they could have lowballed it. Like, you know what, what I mean? mean? They could have just, I don't know, done something like a little bit smaller than this. Even, even I just think, right? Look, let's say this is true, right? Let's say it is. Like, Mary has to know, as an all-seeing, all-knowing being, that this one is going to be hard to swallow in a hundred years' time. Wait, whoa, whoa. whoa. We don't know Mary's all-knowing. Well, she made the sun dance, Raj. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she's fairly, you could say she's relatively powerful. Like, she's she's more powerful yeah. than, like, a train conductor. Do you know what I mean? Like, we could work up fairly high. I don't think there'd be a, <laughs> yeah. a representative on Earth that would match her, you know? No, yeah, I'm, I'm saying, like, I, I'm, I'm saying she's probably above it's probably above, let's say, somebody like Conor McGregor now, or yeah, yeah, or, so, or something like that. But I'm not, I'm not suggesting that she's, I'm not suggesting that she's earthly, but she's not, she's not God either. Yeah, but put yourself in, but it's, but it's not like as if she can't call in a favor either, is it? Oh, you think that's what's happened? Yeah, like maybe she, I carried him now for nine months. You there, can you can make the sun spin once for me. You can imagine like his perfect world that he's made. He's like, all right, great, everything's running grand, and it's like, go go on. What do you want? You can cash in. I want to make the sun dance for seventy thousand people. And he's like, oh, for fuck. okay. So Fine. then uh, the obvious question here that I'm sure people are chomping at the bit at home that they want me to ask is: This was obviously witnessed all over the world, then? No, only here. But <laughs> Raj, the sun was dancing. Yeah, but that's so it would have changed the weather, like it would have changed night into day places. It would have been recorded long and wide all over the all over the earth. But but the thing is, if that was the case, you could just strike it off as like being a crazy astrological event. Well, no, because I mean someone did in fairness say, here, come back here in a couple of days, you'll never guess what you'll see. So like we could still say, all right, in fairness, she she did do that. But it wasn't recorded anywhere else in the rest of the world. It was only Fatima, which actually makes it more miraculous. And are there any pictures from the day or anything? No, of course not. Someone's <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> Came they out blanks. Couldn't get it focused. Yeah, so, yeah. What What do you think about that point? Like, do you think that's a troubling um, point to the theory? No. No, for me, that doesn't really hold much water. Because I, I, like, honestly, if it happened everywhere, I'd think, oh, well, they just got lucky. But it's the yeah. fact that it only happened here. Because that means that she was controlling. She was actually more like she had control over like a prism in front of the sun. And of course, I can see where one of the theories is going to go as well. 
No, you I, can't. I can see it already. No, you can't. There's going to be aliens involved in this. <laughs> there is. Shut up, there. Right? there is. Okay, calm down, right? Okay. However, Dennis, the most important of these visitations was not this miracle. Sorry, what? Yeah? <laughs> the most important was not the sun dancing on over No, the no, it wasn't. It wasn't. In fact, actually, people Who's... don't even care about that. Sorry, are they your words or someone else's words? Most important. <laughs> Have you rated <laughs> these? I've rated them, but I've only gone with I've only gone with the general like the feeling that people do have. Okay, I'm only reflecting like the general feeling of this. Right, that wasn't the most important visitation. Dennis. The most important uh, was instead a meeting which took place on the 13th of July, in 1917. The children were entrusted with three secrets of the world, which Mary told them not to reveal. These would become known as the three secrets of Fatima. Wait, why would she not want him to reveal them? She had a plan for like when to reveal them, bit by bit by bit. So sadly, Jacinta and Francesco would not have to keep the secrets for long as they unfortunately passed away during an influenza epidemic in 1918. However, Lucia would keep these secrets for years until, get this, right, in 1943, Jose Alves Correa de Silva, Bishop of Liara, would implore Lucia to reveal these secrets in order to help the writing of a book on the life of Jacinta, one of the one of her deceased cousins. That'd be an important chapter, I have to say. He yeah, wasn't wrong. Yeah. It would be honestly, without without the whole without all this stuff, you're talking about a very short book. Lucia caved to papal authority. I don't know. I know, like, sometimes I think you feel like I'm overstating uh, or you that I slightly overstate, like, how religious my upbringing was. But we we would talk about papal authority in, in, in like, growing up in my house. If a couple of priests, no, let's say this, if a cardinal, right, came mm-hmm. in and said, we need the house, would your, oh, fam- you're... Would your family have left? Yeah, I'd say so. That does. I'd say so, yeah. Papal authority, though, Dennis, is basically for or for listeners that aren't aren't familiar, is is in the Catholic Church, um, the apparatus of the church, they are an apparatus directly guided by God. And the Pope is is the voice of God on earth, who is representative, and then the people all underneath him have varying degrees of power. So the bishop had enough papal authority over over Lucia that that she gave him she gave in right and she gave him the text of the first two secrets but she refused to give the third as she believed that she didn't have clearance to give it from Mary <laughs> did she did she go and get it like there's no way for her to go get it wait it, so um was Mary meant to come back and tell them when to reveal it uh, or did she tell them at the time i think she told them at the time the I think Lucia had like another like small not a visitation but she, maybe she communed with Mary yeah and um the third secret instead get this right Lucia claimed it would be sealed in an envelope and not opened until 1960 when and then this is in quotation marks when it will appear to be clear right okay. However, the actual secret wouldn't end up to be revealed until the year 2000. And that, that itself is a source of controversy that we'll, we'll get onto in a second. So what are the first two secrets? Okay, so I have them written here. I'm, I'm going to I'll blaze through the secrets because there's quite a lot of text in them. And then okay. you give me your kind of take on, okay? I genuinely thought we were going to be talking about like, you know, like Chinese crackers type thing. You know, like where uh, it's, just, it's just like a line of text. That's honestly, when I started researching this, that's kind of what I thought as well. Mm. But actually, um, they're pretty, pretty in depth. So so I'll, I'll flake through them, right? Otherwise, we'll be, we'll be caught up in this for ages, right? First one. Our lady showed us a great sea of fire which seemed to be under the earth. Plunged in this fire were demons and souls in human form, like transparent burning embers, all blackened or burnished bronze, floating above in the conflagration, now raised into the air by the flames that issued from within themselves, together with the grey clouds of smoke, 
Now, falling back on every side like sparks of fire, without weight or equilibrium, and amid shrieks and groans of pain and despair, which horrified us and made us tremble with fear, the demons could be distinguished by their terrifying repulsive likeness to the frightful and unknown animals, all black and transparent. The vision lasted but an instant. How can we ever be grateful enough to our kind heavenly mother, who had already prepared us by promising in the first apparition to take us to heaven? Otherwise, I think we would have died of fear and terror. That is a yeah, that is a must, though. I mean, if you're going to show someone hell, you say, lads, don't worry, you won't be heading Can't here. Be. Yeah. So she's just saying in the first secret, there's hell. Is that what we're looking at? Yeah. So I, did, I really do enjoy the way that you said that. Like Mary gave us three secrets to life. And you're like, look, we'll flag through these because we could be stuck yeah. in these for ages. <laughs> well, when I was researching this, I thought they'd be live, laugh, love. right but they're actually like long they're nearly well fittingly i guess they're biblical in a laugh love is this the words from directly taken from these people or is it kind of like you know uh well these are lucia's yeah these are lucia's quotes i believe Hmm. are you ready for the second secret then yes i am the second secret refers to the devotion to the immaculate heart of mary and was initially only partially revealed to the children on the 13th of July, right? That's what it says here. You've seen hell, where the souls of poor sinners go. To save them, God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my immaculate heart. If what I say to you is done, many souls will be saved and there will be peace. The war is going to end, but if people do not cease offending God, a worse one will break out during the pontificate of of Pope Pius the 11th or the ninth, whichever one, X1, right? When you see a night illuminated by an unknown light, know that this is a great sign given to you by God that he is about to punish the world for its crimes by means of war, famine, and persecutions of the church and the Holy Father. To prevent this, I shall come to ask for the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart, and the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays. If my requests are heeded, Russia will be converted and there will be peace. If not, she will spread her errors throughout the world, causing wars and persecution of the church. The good will be martyred. The Holy Father will have much to suffer. Various nations will be annihilated. In the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. The Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me, and she shall be converted and a period of peace will be granted to the world. I feel like someone might have a bone to pick in this one. Do you think so? Yeah. I mean, like how popular around um, 1917 was, you know, communism. Did anything I'd happen? Say, um, do you know, now you mention it. Yeah. The Eurovision? No, it was Revolution. It was Revolution oh, yeah, yeah. There, actually, I think. I, think, I think you're right. I was very surprised uh, to hear the, the Russian thing. Yeah. Um, that that was quite um, startling, and also something about like taking communion on Saturdays. That was just important. Yeah, was it? yeah. The let me just get back to that again. Um, yeah, communion of reparation on the first Saturdays. It just sounds like like a, just a you know a couple of tasks or something. Can you interpret it for us a bit better? Like from that big passage, what does that say to you? So I think. Well, actually, do you know what? Here's my interpretation. So if you figure this happened in July 1917 <laughs> that she's actually talking she's actually talking before the October Revolution yeah. she's actually pro-communism and she even mentions the communion of reparation commu- communis- communionism yeah oh she's maybe she's communist, communist. yeah so, uh, what, what about Portugal at the time? Uh, por- Portugal at the time? It's not 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 communists. Okay, they would they did they go fascist for a while? A communist, I can't remember. Uh, they went. Uh, they they did go not straight fascism, but they did go uh, fascism light, kind of like diet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the third secret, Dennis. Are you ready for it? Hit me. Now keep in mind, this secret was supposed to come out in in when was it? Nineteen sixty. Yeah. But actually, it's come out now uh, in two thousand. Fuck bit of controversy years. about that. In a, in a, we weren't ready for it, yeah? Your kids are going to love this one. The third part of the secret revealed at Fatima 
on the 13th of July, 1917. I write in obedience to you, my God, who command me to do so through his excellency, the Bishop of Liera and through your most holy mother and mine. After the two parts, which I've already explained, at the left of Our Lady and a little above, we saw an angel with a flaming sword in his left hand, flashing. It gave out flames, like a lightsaber, I guess. Gave out flames that looked as though they would set the world on fire. But they died out in contact with the splendor that Our Lady radiated towards him from her right hand, pointing to the earth. With his right hand, the angel cried out in a loud voice, Penance! 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 And we saw in an immense light, that is God, something similar to how people appear in a mirror when they pass in front of it. A bishop dressed in white. We had the impression that it was the Holy Father. Our bishops, priests, men and women, religious, going up a steep mountain, at the top of which there was a big cross of rough-hewn trunks, as of a cork tree with the bark. Before reaching there, the Holy Father passed through a big city, half in ruins and half trembling with halting step. Afflicted with pain and sorrow, he prayed for the souls of the corpses he met on the way. Having reached the top of the mountain, on his knees at the foot of the big cross, he was killed by a group of soldiers who fired bullets and arrows at him. And in the same way, there died one after another, the other bishops, the priests, men and women, religious and various uh, lay people of different ranks and positions. Beneath the two arms of the cross, there were two angels, each with a crystal ass persorium in his hand in which they gathered the blood of the martyrs and with it sprinkled to the souls uh, sprinkled the souls that were making their way to God. Have you ever had an aspersorium? <laughs> I'd rather not say. Uh, I, I, Raj, I'm going to be honest with you, like, and that's obviously you're just reading it, right? This isn't against you, but <laughs> that, that collection of words just sounded like a child trying to tell you about their day at school or something. Like, I don't know what that was about. What the hell? What a collection of nonsense. Like, so that Dennis was supposedly about the um, the persecution, warning about persecution against Catholics. Supposedly, like double underlined. <laughs> yeah. Right. However, get this right. There are many who claim that the third secret was a decoy or indeed only partially released, claiming that the real secret was either too chilling. Or some people suspect the real secret was damning of the current church. Despite thousands of Marian apparitions, that's like people who see the Virgin Mary, the Catholic Church has only ever given ecclesiastical approval to nine of these. Our Lady of Fatima, arguably being the most famous of them all. And despite years of investigation and speculation, the secrets of Fatima to this day, remain unexplained. Ah, uh, you're not serious, are you? Yeah, I am. So, yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting story. Um, we've got 10-year-old shepherds that claim that they see Mary six times, I think, who gives yep. them three world secrets, which seem to be heavily laden with kind of political angles in the world at the time, that then can't be revealed until 1960, but then that was the last one, but wasn't revealed until, until 2000, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the first one just says that there's hell. Fair enough. Yeah. Second one says we have to have communion on Saturday. Also, watch out for the commies. And the third one is saying that the Catholics might be persecuted, but it is just a lot of yeah. gobbledygook. Third, third one is doesn't even matter because you're all going to be killed. Yeah, there is a lot of that. Like I think there was one sentence in there as well that basically said that God would just come down to kill everyone. But Mary was kind of like, "Don't worry, I'll have a watch." <laughs> oh, sorry, sneezed again. You were you were right about wanting to sneeze. It was just twenty minutes later <laughs> you did it. Time traveling sneeze. So, Dennis, right before we wrap up, do you want me to um, go through a few of the old theories? Yes, I do. Okay. How many is there? Uh, there's five. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, first one is that it it was a hoax. Okay. Oh, you know what? I actually don't believe it was a hoax. Yeah, me neither. I don't think it was a hoax because it's it's 10-year-old kids that have to go along with this story, right? So I think it's more plausible that these kids thought they saw something and then were kind of influenced by adults afterwards to keep pushing them and then they kind of believed in it more. 
And I think that you just can't hawk 70,000 people seeing the sun dance around the place. Yeah. So, I, so I think we're looking more at kind of like a mass religious delusion. Event. Yeah. Delusion. Event. <laughs> Second one, it was real. It was all real. <laughs> That's not a fucking theory, Raj. That's not a theory. <laughs> why can't that be a theory? The theories are meant to explain why it is real, not just saying it is real. Yeah, have you read the Bible? <laughs> yeah. It's Come real. on. It was real, right? Third one, and I'm I'm not messing with you. I don't even like to say this out loud. Mm. The third one is that it was a satanic subversion. I would say out of all the scary Satan stuff, Satanic Mary is probably number one. Yeah. She'd be so, wearing like a G-string or something. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I haven't gone to mass in about 50 years, but that rattled me. Um, <laughs> so do you think that that that's true? Do you think it was a... No, no, I don't. I don't. Do you just not think it's true because you're scared? Um, uh, no comment. Well, why is Fatima so scary then? Why do people keep thinking that it's a scary place? Because you heard what she fucking said. We're fucked. But they're not exactly world secrets, are they? You know, like as in they sounded like it's pretty much inevitable. No, they're secrets. And the idea... Did we change to having communion on Saturdays? Um, I used to have communion on Saturday growing up. Really? Yeah. When did you... uh, Saturday Saturday evening mass. Yeah, that's different though. Like this is is sticking in another communion day. I just think to be honest, that was probably um, Catholic Church looking for more money because they could have another collection on a Saturday when people were getting communion. Do you think so? I think it's a pretty plausible explanation. I don't. I don't. They wouldn't... They're not that sort. If you went to mass, right? Yeah. How much money would you give the priest in the basket? Uh, assuming now that we live in like yeah, yeah, imaginary land. Back in the day, um, uh, a pound, a pound usually, and then some kind of note, like maybe five five pounds on a um, on a, on a holiday, like a Palm Sunday type job. Yeah, yeah. Some people used to use that basket to show off. They, yeah, they used. You'd have the lads, you know, the big the big boys in town, like, and they'd put in a 10-pound note or something. Absolutely insane, insane like that. I I can't believe that people didn't rob more out of that thing. Do you think so? Oh, that would never even cross my mind. And uh, I was a very thieving kid. I think it was a, a crazy system. I can't believe more money wasn't robbed, but I imagine I, it was. I think that there was definitely a... Uh, uh, I I think my, my mom definitely used it to just get rid of change. A, a fantastic system to get yeah. rid of change. Definitely. Do you know what my mom used to do? Is uh she used to just like she'd bring like five pounds in coins and drop it in and take out the five note as if it's like uh <laughs> as if it's taken to the bank. She she, she didn't Wait, really do she, that, but that would not, be great. That'd be so good because she's not getting yeah. any money. Um the, uh, before we move on, right, yeah. you just unlocked a, a memory today I've not thought about in a long time. Do you remember I don't even know what these are called, you'll tell me what they are. They were a box of cards and you used to bring them around to the houses and they'd put money into it for the priest oh i know what you're on about yeah it it was a it was like a a neat like box that was specifically made and it had cards in it or something but i remember like one person from each housing estate would be selected to go around and collect it for the priest what the hell was that it wouldn't have been something like the um the like easter tithes or something like that or I don't know. I, I, it's kind of like the parish collection thing or something. But I don't know. Anyone out there know what the hell that is? Okay. Next one is it was kept. It's it kept secret by the the actual secrets were covered up by the by the Catholic Church. Oh, it would be um, in their interest to do it, especially if they were saying that it was like not so great an organization and yeah, and they like and then they just release this gobbledygook, you know, Ch- Chat GPT. I think, final one. Oh, oh go sorry. on. Sorry. No, I've just I said like if you do like let's say that Jesus and Mary and all these boys, right, that they are actually true and they say what they are. Mm-hmm. If they act in the way that they act, they would definitely come back and say, like, here lads, this organized religion Catholicism thing, you've made a balls of it, like this is not good for you. Like they would come back oh, and yeah, say Oh yeah, they would. Yeah. So, so in a way that theory is actually believable. What what nobody talks about as well is do you, and I didn't want to include it because I thought it might colour your like it might actually chill you to the bone. Is that mm. do you know when Mary was doing that um miracle with the sun? Yeah. The chase the sun was playing. 
Final theory is that um, she was an alien, actually. Yeah, I know. That should have been there. That was a UFO in the sky. That's what I was thinking. That's what yeah. it... Because nothing can move in the sky like a UFO can, you know? It's alien technology. Spot on. Um, right, before we go into our usual thing, I want to say hello to a few people, Raj. Um, I didn't tell you about this comment, but it's one of the best emails I've ever got in. But also... I don't really know what it is, and I hope to God it's not like some sort of terrible code for something. But this is in from a guy called Mark. Okay, go on. And the subject is the magic school bus. Right? Right, magic school bus is the subject. What time was this sent at? This sent at half eight on the 22nd of April. And uh, the body of the text reads, no, hello. No, I like listening to podcasts, nothing. Just says, people go into bodies through a magic school bus. The end. There's nothing else there. Okay. I'll just repeat that for the listeners. People go into bodies through a magic school bus. Okay. Does that mean anything to you? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. I got a couple of uh, messages in from people as well, um, just saying thanks uh, that they heard us read out their comments in the anniversary special. If you haven't heard it, you should check it out. And also, we got one in from Kevin Enns. I'm going to read this entire email because it's nice. Do you remember... I brought this up in, I can't remember, last episode, episode before. It says, hey, guys, my wife and I really love the podcast. We've listened to all the episodes and look forward to a new one coming out each week. Class. I just listened to your Revisiting All Our Episodes episode. And the movie with the kid that can see the hidden code is called Mercury Rising, starring Bruce Willis. (laughs) Classic tennis movie. Just wanted to let you know. Thanks for all the laughs. Kevin from Osler. I can't pronounce this name, but it's such a good name. Saskatchewan in Canada. Oh, Saskatchewan. Yeah, there you go. Um, so we must have another um, another Canadian uh, to go with Canadian Matt, who, if I'm being honest, I think I spooked off. Yeah, do you think he, he ran off after I kind of gave him a bit of a hard time, I'd say? I think so. I think so. I haven't heard much more from him now. We probably did come on a little bit strong. Oh, we also got a message in from Jamie as well. He said, lads, I've been here from the start, and it's brilliant that you've reached your one-year anniversary. Hope you just keep going. So I assume he's from Dublin, but thanks very much, Jamie. And we also got one in from... Um, Joseph, I meant to say this to you, actually. Uh, would you consider doing a spontaneous combustion episode? I remember reading about oh, it as a child yeah. and being terrified of just exploding. We, we got to do that. We got to do one on those. Yeah. The, you, also, the cadence that you read these in, De- Dennis, is exactly like the den. Oh, so, I mean, that, that means a lot to me. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have a drawing. We yeah. all look at draw, drawing of the lads. I'll be honest, when you started saying it there, I was like, if he says I sound like a priest saying a sermon, I'm going to fucking shoot him. Um, <laughs> but anyway, thanks very much for listening to this week's episode. I've been Dennis Lenn. You can catch me at Dennis Lenn 3D. If you want to send us in messages, you can uh, get onto unexplainedlegends at gmail.com or onto the Instagram page where a lot of people are messaging us in at the moment. Over there is Roger O'Sullivan. You can find me at Roger O'Comedy on Instagram or at Roger O'Sullivan on Twitter. Um, and as always right the reviews are great on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts and whatever else you listen to but also just tell your friends keep growing this fucking podcast because it just keeps going up and up and up so tell more people and uh, share it with people and share it on your social media and stuff and help us out don't just keep it a big secret for yourself yeah Um, hopefully now we're through the worst of our little admin nightmares that we've been having and we can get back to usual service so I guess on the back of that uh, love you bye bye